Welcome back to a bonus episode of the Mestizo Podcast, the show for the mixed people of the mixed church. On this podcast, we explore the complicated challenges of being part of, serving in, and growing a migrant church in your siglo XXI. But today, I'm actually here to introduce you to one of World Outspoken's other amazing podcasts, Mixed Take. On this podcast, Robert Rivera and Doniela Licea discuss how the mixing of cultures and heritages in the U.S. influence film, television, and other forms of entertainment. On this episode, Donnie and Robert interview actor and singer Jennifer Hudson and director Liesl Tommy on their film Respect. Donnie and Robert also have interviews with actor, singer, and fellow Boricua Robin De Jesus, actor Jimmy Gonzalez, and other episodes dealing with the way that media landscape is changing. Check out Mixtake on your favorite podcast app for more episodes like the one you're about to hear. Oh, and stay tuned later in this episode for a special offer from our friends IVP. Okay, familia, that's all from me. Siéntase en casa, make yourself at home, and let's get started. Lights, camera, action. All right, before we get into the interviews with Jennifer Hudson and Liesl Tommy, uh, we wanted to give our thoughts on the movie without giving too much away. Donnie, I know that we we came out of the, the theater. We were able to screen it twice mm-hmm. each time we came out with, with some pretty strong reactions uh, to the film. I would say, uh, first and foremost, uh, there are so many themes to tackle in this film. One of the things that struck me that I didn't expect to have happen was I felt so incredibly connected to Aretha Franklin's story. In the film, they call her Re. So during yeah. this podcast, I'm going to refer to Aretha Franklin as Re. In Re's story... She goes through a tremendous amount of pain and trauma. And then we see her incredible resilience, how you take that pain and that trauma and really still kind of overcome these mountains that are are standing in front of her. So I felt so incredibly connected to struggle um, maybe my struggles aren't exactly hers, but I can identify, you know, we, we can all identify with some type of trauma, hurt, heartache, disappointment, pain that comes into our lives. And so it was just extraordinary to see a dynamic, incredibly talented black woman face these traumas, face these pains. And again, like, just become victorious through it all. Like, you know, we said at the top of the show, the queen of soul, she was the best at what she did. And just, you know, hats off to her, to her talent, to her creativity. So grateful for this film that puts her story in front of us today, 2021. Again, many of our listeners may not be familiar with Aretha Franklin, but her contribution to music, to rock and roll, to gospel is felt in the music that we listen to today and we don't even realize it. Yeah, one thing that strikes me about what you're talking about is that in the movie, you can see that there's definitely a lack of education in regards to trauma. Mm -hmm. And they label a lot of what she goes through as her demons. Her demons will come out. Those are, you know, a lot of the byproducts of the trauma that she's dealing with or that she doesn't know how to deal with necessarily at times. And they call it her demons because when they see her acting out, they're like, okay, your demons are coming back. Mm -hmm. Right. It's like an over-spiritualization and almost an easy out 
for people around her. So it's like, oh, it's your thing that you have to deal with. It's your darkness. Rather than digging in and figuring out, okay, what's going on here? You know, at one point in the film, and there will be no spoilers in this podcast because I think Robert and I both strongly feel that all of our listeners need to watch this film. It's wonderfully done. You'll hear more from from Liesl and Jennifer in just a little bit about what they brought to the roles that they played in making this wonderful work of art. But one thing that, again, just really stood out to me about this trauma piece is an individual can experience such pain and such hurt, but then almost be required to go back into a world that remains relatively unchanged. So you still have church to go to on Sunday, school to go to on Monday, work to go to on Tuesday, you know, like the the normal routine of life still continues. Everybody else might remain relatively the same while you have had this crazy, dramatic, traumatic, hurtful, life-altering experience, but you're required to kind of keep going. Yeah, and I think uh, for those who know Aretha Franklin, they understand she's a strong woman, and mm-hmm. it is highlighted throughout the film that she is oftentimes on her own trying to figure out how to deal with the trauma, how to get past it, mm-hmm. and there aren't a whole whole lot of people. So, Rob, I know one of the things that stood out to you was the part that the church played. So the first time we see Jennifer Hudson as Aretha Franklin, she's in a church, the the last time we see her, she's in a church. Tell us your thoughts on the part that the church plays in healing. Well, I think there's a lot of familiarity when it comes to those who rise up into fame and kind of get eaten up by the industry and by the world mm-hmm. and those things. What we see in this movie is that her roots are in the church. Even as dysfunctional as the church is, it plays a real part in her life, especially singing in church. And throughout the movie, you can see that that is, that is kind of the thing that keeps drawing her back a little bit and keeps her from drifting out too far. Ultimately, in, in a lot of ways, the way the movie portrays it is that, as, is that the church really is, saves her life. Hmm. And so I, I, find that, I find that really interesting and encouraging that in the midst of the brokenness of the church, uh, you can still find hope. I, I, I know that there's a lot of church hurt in, in the world. I know that there's a, there are a lot of people who, who walk away from church because uh, leadership are hypocrites or people in the church are hypocrites. And this movie doesn't shy away mm-hmm. from that. It doesn't, it's not trying to defend uh, people in, in the church. But at the same time, I feel like it's trying to give a, a more complex version of who these people are and, and recognizing that each person really does come with their own amount of baggage. And I'm happy that Aretha didn't just push away the church entirely mm-hmm. when she was kind of hurt by it. Yeah, what was really interesting was the church played a role in her life, whether the church was a big part of her life or not a part at all. It played a role. It's like this forever, you know, either shadow or source of sunlight, if you will, that just like when she was out of the church, she felt like a darkness, if you will, and when she was like connected to the church, to her community, there was, like you said earlier, kind of this sense of healing. So either way, in or out, the church played just a huge role for her. I think another sense of her pain really comes from this idea that 
that you brought up earlier um, in our conversation, personal conversation outside of this podcast, that people felt entitled mm-hmm. to her talent. Mm-hmm. Donnie, where did you see, or, or maybe can you highlight a couple of instances where this was really prevalent and where people are trying to take control of her of her life um, and trying to capitalize on her talent? Yeah, I thought it was interesting. I mean, I would imagine women in the 50s, 60s, 70s, there's a a sense of you almost need to be kind of hushed and silenced and and men kind of, you know, dominate and and direct the the almost the course of your life or the course of your career. And so we see that in this film, but we also see a woman coming into her own and owning her voice through her music and taking what is, you know, most nearest and dearest to her heart and using that to catapult her her courage and, you know, to to speak her truth even if in a closed door business meeting she didn't have the freedom to to speak as much and you know, she gets a mic and it's like anybody who feels entitled to say what they what I need to do with my life or whatever I'm going to use this microphone to say what my truth is and what I want so it was interesting and as a a woman here in 2021 you know we're looking back at 60 years ago what what women were treated like and feeling a sense of now empowerment like boy I I don't have to feel silenced I don't have to feel small. I don't have to feel like I can't take up space in this conversation or in this room or in my family as a human made in the image of God. Like we have so much value and worth to bring to business, to family, to communities, to nonprofits, to the government sector. Like, so again, just in this film, seeing her struggle um, was was rough, honestly. And again, the entitlement that people had around her to her talent or to even dictate her career, that was tough. Yeah. I appreciated um, in this movie the interaction between white and black, the white and black mm. community and how they interacted. And I don't want to give so much away here, but I like that there was you had those instances where you have two cultures that don't really fully understand each other interacting, but Mm -hmm. done in a way that I found to be kind of refreshing and encouraging. And so I, that's something that's, that sticks out to me that I really enjoyed in the movie. Yeah. That's awesome. So which performances, uh, obviously Jennifer Hudson is amazing stellar. If she doesn't get a nod for an Oscar, I will be surprised, but for you, what other performers or actors, really stood out to you in this film? Well, there's one person that sticks out to me. Okay, let's hear it. When this person is on the screen, I am I am just kind of captivated. And, and y'all and y'all, I tried to get it out of him and he just would not tell me who who this person is. So I'm excited to hear it. Yeah, I mean, it is Marlon Wayne's. Really? Marlon Wayne's. My goodness, he I thought he absolutely killed it in this the, movie in the weigh-ins br- brothers you know like they're all like super duper talented i was not expecting to see him in this film by the way 
No, and he was playing, he, he played kind of a role that I didn't expect him to play as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He had the cool little fro. He had just the look, the swag. I just thought that his performance was incredible. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets some sort of recognition for for his role in this movie. So to me, be, besides Jennifer, the next person that that really caught my attention and I was just like wow this this guy is really selling it that is so great because uh, uh, you know Rob and I we we went to the first screening and he comes out on the screen and I was like yo is that Marlon Wayans I had to like double take and make sure like wait a second hold because even like I don't know if it was something he did with his I don't know, but I yeah. was like, wow. He had a little he mustache. Is, yes, he Just, was so in the role. That's a good one. Keep an eye out. It's, you don't even have to keep an eye out. He has a strong presence in this movie. I would completely He doesn't agree fade with that. into the background at all. No. He he will leave you with a lasting impression. Donnie, what about you? Any anybody stick out? Any standout performances for you? You know, I'm always a fan of Forrest Whitaker. He to me is just the the epitome of what an actor should be like whatever you're supposed to feel about the part that he's playing is what you feel towards him so if you're supposed to be angry with him or happy with him or frustrated with him or whatever it is all of those emotions that he evokes in his acting so hands down i mean Forrest whitaker he, he you know he sings a little bit he Oh man, he just plays the part of the Detroit preacher who is, you know, the head of the civil rights movement alongside of Martin Luther King Jr. And he is, he just slays his role. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Like I said, he, he kind of scares me a little bit. Like I don't trust his smile. Like when he smiles at you, do not turn your back on him. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. That might be the last thing you do. But there, you know what? Just, just to throw out a couple of, of other people, uh, Sky Dakota as young mm. Aretha Franklin killed it. So great, mm-hmm. she did a great job. I don't even know how old that little girl is, but she can sing, she can act, she did a great job. She was awesome. Titus Burgess, um, mm-hmm. is it pronounced Burgess or Burgess? I think Burgess. Burgess mm-hmm. um, did a great job. He didn't. He didn't have a huge role, but the times that that. He was on the on the screen. Um, did a great job. Yeah, Audra McDonald as well. Yeah, like a small role, but powerful when she was on there. Absolutely. Yeah, she plays Aretha's mom. Yeah, wonderful. So, without further ado, do we do we want to uh, jump into Liesl Tommy's interview? Yeah. Well, let me just say this: Liesl yeah. Tommy is, is a Tony Award nominated South African director making her big screen directorial debut with respect this is her first one she knocked it out of the park absolutely donnie and i sat down with her via zoom and talked about her experience directing this movie so let's take a listen and uh learn a little bit more about liesel tommy director extraordinaire here we go before the interview with director tommy i told you i had a special offer from our friends at ivp most of you know that i'm in a phd program I know, pray for your boy. 
One of my professoras recently put me onto a Latina theologian I knew nothing about, and I was reminded again how often my previous theological formation erased the contributions of the Brown Church. For years now, I've been working hard to recapture that history and study the theological contributions de mi gente. Then my friend Robert Chatromero published the book we all needed. It's called Brown Church. If you haven't heard about the book Brown Church, you'll want to get your copy today. Robert Chatromero is the son of a Mexican father and a Chinese immigrant mother, and he explores the history and theology of the Brown Church. Romero considers how for 500 years, Latino culture and identity have been shaped by our challenges to religious, socioeconomic, and political status quo. And he takes readers through this history of activism and faith in the Latino church. Brown Church appeals to the vision for redemption, which includes not only heavenly promises, but also transformation for our lives and the world today. Get your copy by following the link on the show notes and use promo code MESTIZO for 30% off and free shipping in the U.S. today. Again, use the link on the show notes and use the promo code MESTIZO for 30% off and free shipping in the U.S. to get your copy of Brown Church today. Liesl, we are so excited to chat with you today. You are literally, I'm a fan. I'm, I'm going to fangirl out just a little bit. I think you are so amazing. Oh and gosh. this film here. Oh, my word. So, Rob, sorry. I'm just going to I'm just going to jump in. You do your thing. You do your thing. So, Liesl, <laughs> this film, right, was everything. I literally were we, we, we were able to we had the privilege of seeing this on the silver screen. We were in theaters. So it was a beautiful to experience this film. I think the way it's supposed to be experienced, large and yes. color, that beautiful bass coming through, just awesome, right? Oh, I'm so happy to hear that you saw it in this in a movie theater. Oh, de definitely. I I was just uh I was just talking about this a moment ago, but but uh, I had to pull Donnie down a couple of times. Uh, she started to dance in the aisles and woke. We're at a screening, you know. <laughs> Love uh, it. But the music, but the music really, it comes out in a way that, that uh, I mean, you can't keep yourself in your seats. Yes. If I had a hanky, I would have been running around the theater. Like, yeah. it was so beautiful. So, so my thought is, this, this film must have exceeded your wildest expectations. Is that about right, Liesl? Okay. I'm going to say something crazy. So when, when. I had my my first meeting with the studio. Um, it was supposed to be like a ch just like a casual get to know you. They were maybe gonna thinking about me as a possible. I just went right to like this is what the movie needs to be. This is where it should start. This is where it should end. These are the songs. This is how it should look. This is I was like a crazy person. <laughs> I have this vision of what the movie should be, and that was what I pitched. And it's the I made a lookbook, you know, to kind of give you the visuals and it's the movie that I made and it's the movie that you saw um and I don't know how to explain how I knew that that was what had to be Aretha Franklin's movie wow. now did you also envision like the star-studded cast with like Jennifer Hudson and Forrest Whitaker and Marlon Wayans was it like yes we need these elite yeah. talented individuals yes. absolutely because it's Aretha Franklin's story you have she was the best so we had to have the best. That's yeah. it. She was she was someone who had taste and talent, and the the movie had to reflect that. 
you know, and that's, everybody had to sing live because that's what, you know, I knew was going to sound the most powerful. And that meant I had to bring people like Audra McDonald and, Mm -hmm. you know, and Heather Headley and Titus Burgess, because all of those people can sing their faces off. And that's what was required. And, you you know, they had to hang with Jennifer Hudson for it. Yeah. Well, you know, I was going to say the movie is both visually stunning. I want to get to that in a a minute. Uh, The sound is great. I wanted to know what what did you do, uh, what did you have to do to to make sure that the sound sounded authentic and that it came off as convincing? Because I mean, to me, it did come off that way. Um, but but what did you do to to kind of ensure that that this sounded authentic, Aretha Franklin? Well, there's there's so many layers of of you know to achieve that. Um, and we started, with, you know, Jennifer worked months and months and months in advance of us even getting to set on the sound. You know, she she worked with, um, you know, with a coach to make sure that she was landing in that pocket, you know, and one of the things that we all, all felt, I felt strongly about, and she, you know, she and I were in accord on this, is we didn't want it to be a kind of um, mimicked performance. We wanted it to be something really organic and really authentic that was going to feel in the the best part of her voice, of Jennifer's voice, um, so that, you know, I always think you know immediately when an, when a performer is not comfortable, and then you're not comfortable. But if you feel someone is free and they are, you know, they are in their best performer self, then you just give over and you don't worry about it. You just let yourself be in the story, and you know that's what we wanted to find um, that m- perfect merging of Jennifer and Aretha, and I, I believe that we got that. And then the other part is, like I said. When you have this kind of talent vocally, um, and I come from the theater, so I believe in the power of the live performance. Everybody sang live on set. Mm-hmm. Majority of what you hear in this movie was done live on set. You know, while they were acting, um, it's this is not a studio performance. This is a live performance that we shot and that we, you know, and and so the the energy is there, and you can feel yeah. it. So as you're filming, uh, this movie was hugely emotional for me. Like I'm sitting next to Rob and like, if I was by myself, I would have sobbed, you know, so much of the movie. For you as a director, you're behind a camera, you're on set. Are you feeling these same joyous moments, uh, heartbreaking moments? Are you able to like enjoy what's happening in front of you? Yeah, I mean, I I honestly think that as a filmmaker, my particular approach is, is, it, is I, if I'm not feeling it, how can I expect y'all to feel it? Mm. 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 You know, so that's what I'm, you know, when I'm working with the actors, when I'm, you know, when I'm looking at the monitor, um, I'm a, I am a storyteller who actually thinks that emotion unifies yeah. and connects us, right? I want us to feel our common humanity through emotion. Mm-hmm. That really, I think is, is a, a powerful tool. Um, and it's something that I came to res- respect and, and, um, and, and search for as a theater director, because you're there, it's live and you can feel when it's working and you can feel when it's, when it's not. And it's something that I think as a theater director, I, I took with me into, the, into filmmaking. Mm. And yeah. I would imagine those like real emotions especially for Aretha's story that is so 
there's so there's it's tragic, but it's also beautiful. So how did you draw on your Broadway experience and bringing that to the silver screen? You know, so for me, it was about thinking about, you know, when I was a little girl, I loved Aretha Franklin's music and I loved her emotional intensity. And I loved, you know, when I sang her stuff when I was alone in my room, um, <laughs> even as a child, I was just like, one day I'm going to be a grown up lady and I'm going to feel things like this. I'm going to be this in love. I'm going to be this sad. I'm going to be this happy. It's also dramatic. And I want it. I want to be like this, you know? So when it was, it came time to make the movie, I was like, the thing that we all love about her is that emotional intensity. So I felt like that's what the movie also had to have emotional intensity. And so that, you know, there, when, when you're working with actors, especially actors who have so much talent and capacity, like the actors that, you know, that I was working with, you just want to make sure you're crafting it and you're creating a safe on, environment on set for people to be their bravest performance selves. Hmm. I love the details of this movie. I know that there's, there's kind of this balance of like, you want to make sure that you're telling an emotional and, and powerful story. And yet, uh, the cinematography, the close-ups, um, even the little details like Donnie and I talked about how how Ted try, Teddy tries to sneak into the picture when when, when it's her time to shine. <laughs> yeah. he, he's trying to steal the spotlight on, on various occasions and then he gets kind of pushed out. Love that. Love that. But the other thing is, one thing that's interwoven throughout the film is Aretha's faith. I, I wanted to know, is, is that something that was talked about before the film um, in terms of how much of her faith to include? Was, was that ever a discussion or is that just a no brainer? Her faith is definitely going to be a part of this film. For me, it was a no brainer. And when I, you know, when I pitched the film, I, I pitched it as a movie that should begin and end in the church, you know, in her childhood, you know, the church was formative for her. Gospel music was formative for her. And then she went on to make a, an, an album called Amazing Grace, which was a gospel album and unheard of at the time. And it went on to be one of her most popular and most successful albums. So to me, that felt like the bookend. Um, and that felt like the journey, you know, that would really encapsulate the things that she valued in her life. And, you know, and whether or not you're a religious person is irrelevant because what you're going to see is a, the way I pitched it is I described it as a movie about a woman with the greatest voice on earth who had to find her own voice, mm -hmm. you know, and that was, that to me is what the movie is. And you captured that beautifully. There were so many moments where you can feel the sense of entitlement that others around her had to her gift and her talent. And, you know, as moviegoers, we're like, ah, oh, you know, you want to like jump in the screen and beat people up. <laughs> it's just like, just stop, leave her be. But how... Yeah talented individuals you know those around them feel feel some sense of entitlement to to their their craft so for you i would imagine a movie this length this magnitude this much talent there's things that didn't make it into the film so what were what were those things that didn't make it into the film that kind of broke your heart to to leave on the altar if you will yes there are two things that i mean you know there were so many beautiful moments that you know in the beginning of the editing process you're like this has to be in the movie. And then, <laughs> yeah. you know, fast forward to the, you know, towards the end and you're like, I gotta let this go. This can't be in the movie. And you know, it's, it, it is, it is what it is, but there were two, two scenes. One is um, little 
genius sky dakota the you know the little girl who played um aretha as a child who has this mm -hmm. unbelievable voice unbelievable mm -hmm. talent mm -hmm. she has a song that was a song that you know kind of put um little aretha on the map mm -hmm. called jesus be a fence and there's a scene in the film where she sang that song in church mm -hmm. and it was just kind of like what you know mm -hmm. It was, uh, you know, it was outrageous. I, I'll never forget that day, that shooting day. It was just, it was incredible. And that sadly had to, had to go. And then another scene, um, I shouldn't even bring it up, but it was it. in, in the studio where uh, Jennifer was recording Dr. Feelgood. Mm. Oh. I, like I said, I shouldn't even bring it up because it was, <laughs> it was so, so good. Oh, man. <laughs> Send it to us. Oh, those are for the Blu-ray, I'm sure. I, I mean, yeah, it was just like, am I really doing this right now when I cut it? And I was like, oh, this is happening. Oh, man. When By you the way, have that much gold, that is so very oh, cool. Right? Isn't that incredible? Yes. The actress that played the young uh, Jennifer, so cute, and she sold it for me. Yes. So talented. Oh, that voice is just, you know, bonkers. Yeah. Yes, definitely. So, Liesl, as as a director, an actor, and a creative talent, you are astounding as a woman, as a creative, as a human being. I I literally am so excited to be able to ch chat with you, and this is huge. This is your Hollywood debut, and you killed it. Like, you started at the top. Where are you going to go from here? <laughs> like... Holy smokes. And and tell us what what kinds of stories are important for you to tell, you know, as as we follow your career now through Hollywood, what what kind, what can we expect from you? First of all, thank you so much for those kind and generous words. You know, we just do we just keep our head down and do our work and and when, you know, people say things like that, it's very emotional because you you know, we one doesn't get into the become an artist for compliments, one becomes an artist because one has something that must be expressed, right? It's a compulsion. And for, for me, coming, what I did in theater was I, made, I, I did Shakespeare, I did new political work, I did musicals, I did classic musicals and new musicals. You know, I made sure that I did whatever kind of theater, you know, spoke to me in terms of the story. And as a filmmaker, I plan on doing the same thing. I'm not going to let anybody tell me what kind of, of filmmaker I am or what kind of mm -hmm. stories I should be told. Because of course, you know, when you're a woman of color, they're always trying to tell you what you are. Mm -hmm. And I always have said, no, you don't tell me what I am. I tell you what I am. Right. Um, and I think as a filmmaker, what I'm interested in is getting to tell those you know, big Hollywood stories that I loved watching, but I never saw myself in, you know? So I loved music biopics, but there are only a few, you know, that featured a black woman singer. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I just knew that, that this was one of the things that I had to do because I knew that I would be able to bring a take on it. And especially, you know, one of my closest friends wrote it, Tracy Scott Wilson, she and I have worked together before. Um, you know, and making sure that there was an authentic voice, you know, writing it is part of my my work as a filmmaker, you know, and I I have a lot of other stories, you know, kinds of stories that I saw that I was like, where am I? Where are we? Mm, mm, um, and I know that there there are plenty of other um, fabulous 
um, big stories to tell that, you know, that need our gaze. Mm. So how did you draw on your experiences for this film? Because I'm watching the film and I'm like, I am Aretha. You know, in this moment, these emotions, this sense of injustice or, you know, entitlement of others on me or on you. How did you draw on your experiences in, in creating this film? Thank you for that question, because, of course, as an artist, you know, you you always have to bring part of yourself into the film, right, into a, into a piece of art. Um, so I grew up in South Africa during apartheid, and I grew up in a in a political household. And so I also grew up listening to people talk about civil rights and talk about politics mm-hmm. at, a, at a very young age, as a very young girl. Mm-hmm. And I, re- you know, I really connected to that part of Aretha's Aretha's life. And I I also grew up into become a woman that would never not be able to bring her politics with with me. And that is something that, you know, that was true for Aretha. And so for me, that part felt really essential, you know, to bring into the film because it was something that I felt was my story as well, right? Listen, everybody has trauma in their past. Everybody has pain that they have to overcome. And she used art to heal herself. And I feel like I and many, many other people have people, you know, have done have done that, have used their particular gifts or their particular passions to help themselves overcome the pain of their past. And I wanted to show that I wanted audience to see that you have the capacity to heal yourself. It's inside of you and why a song like Respect as the centerpiece of this film and as the title it still bears repeating that our part of our journey, especially as young people, because she was, you know, in her twenties for the bulk of the movie is to find your self-respect and then to demand it from others. Um, we can never get tired of hearing that story, that message. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I, I want to say, you know, we, we've, uh, we've watched uh, some movies lately where, where we hear directors say that they have, you know, they create a movie for themselves because they don't, you know, they don't fit in any other roles. So I, I do appreciate what, what you said in terms of creating your own space and creating your own film uh, to represent really where you're coming from. And um, and we we look forward for future movies to, uh, for films that, that represent, you know, these untold stories and un- underrepresented uh, people. Thank you. I mean, that's the, I feel like that's the, the joy of this moment is it's undeniable that we have something to contribute and that our voices matter and that our voices are bringing something fresh to things that you thought you knew. I mean, people thought they knew what a biopic was supposed to be. And I feel like part of what, you know, I wanted to do with this is, is show that it can be way more intimate than it, than you think it can, you know, these movies should be. And you accomplished absolutely that. I mean, literally from the opening scene to the closing, your, your locations, the costumes, makeup, arrangements of the music, actor selection, like, Liesl, you freaking genius. (laughs) This is so incredibly beautiful. The trauma that, that, you know, was turned to beauty. Rob and I were talking about it after the movie and we're like, so many people crumble under trauma, but Aretha's story is one of triumph and and joy and and hope through trauma. So thank you so much for- Yes taking time to chat with us, uh, sharing your creativity and putting your art out there for the world to see. I know that it must be so incredibly personal, um, but sharing it with millions, we are, are so thankful for you. 
Thank you yes. so much. That was, yes. that was a wonderful okay. conversation. Thank you so much. Okay. Yeah. Thank Thanks, you. Liesl. Bye bye. Bye. Oh man, it was so nice to sit down with Liesl. So thankful for her just being so gracious with her time, so um, honest and with her answers. And man, her, her creative genius that is poured into what is it two hours and 26 minutes in this film um is is such a joy so we also uh were able to actually sit down in person with jennifer hudson yes we were rob and i we made our way to the peninsula hotel in chicago we sat out on a beautiful terrace um sunny day here in chicago and just chatted three chicago kids public school um just just talking about kind of life and jennifer's experience and and what she brought to the film this interview is outdoors and so you're going to hear a lot of chicago in the background as it should be as it should be some of y'all have been mad at me since the first ad read because i didn't say the name of the theologian i hadn't heard about that's why you got to keep listening to the rest of the episode her name is Michelle A. Gonzalez, and she actually wrote a book about the first woman theologian of the Americas, Sor Juana Ines de la Cruz. You know where else you could find out more about Sor Juana? By reading Robert Chad Romero's book, Brown Church. Like I told you before, if you haven't heard about Brown Church, then you gotta get your copy today. Robert goes through the history of the Latina old church and he does a great job of covering people like Sor Juana Ines de la Cruz and her work to challenge the status quo of her day. Get your copy today at ivypress.com and as a listener of the Mestizo podcast you can get 30% off plus free US shipping when you use the promo code Mestizo. Don't wait, get a copy of this great book today. All right. Back with the interview with Jennifer Hudson. When you were yeah. when you were younger, did you know or ever think I want to be an actor when I grow up? No. I had never thought about it. I <laughs> I was a music head, right? Yes. yes. So it was my mom. Mm-hmm. She used to always tell me everything I could do, and I don't know. I played a trick on her. She's like, Jenny, I think you can act. Uh-huh. You might want to be an actress. And then I ended up winning an Oscar on my first film. <laughs> <laughs> And and then it's Imagine like that. I remember right, and then you start from the top, and it's like, okay, yeah, <laughs> I get yeah. to retire now. And, and then, you know, <laughs> hey, I mean, and and it's like, wow, okay, I, I had never thought of acting, so it was all a, a beautiful surprise. Yes, yeah. So now, would you consider yourself a singer who acts, or is it now the flavors, the tables are turned, and you're an actor who sings? Okay, wait. In this particular project, yeah. I'm an actor first, mm. and then a singer. But everyone always goes around that, like, and I wonder, like, okay, what, what am I considering? Am I a singer person, actress, or actress and singer? But it, de- it depends on what industry I'm in. Yes. So if I'm in, like when I did Jefferson's Live with the um, cast of the Jeffersons, yeah. it was a lot of actors in it. And they like, you're an actress, singer. And then if I'm with musicians, you're a singer, actress. Mm. <laughs> so it varies. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So you, did, you got different hats oh, that you put yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. I, I guess so. Is, is it hard breaking into that acting role? You, you came in um, and you said you didn't want to be an actor growing up, but you're with people who have been training for such a long time. You break in, you win this Academy Award. Do you, do you feel now like <laughs> I belong? I, and more so now. 
okay. you know um and i love it not that i didn't want to i just never thought about it like i grew up at, when i was seven years old i knew exactly what i wanted to do i want to sing i come from a singing background all my mm. family sings i don't even think we have many actors right so it's like okay but once i i got into it i fell in love and i yeah. love them both the same mm. i hope i never have to choose i'm just far more familiar but i think it's starting to balance out where i'm starting to find it's just as much as confidence and comfort in acting mm-hmm. as I do singing mm-hmm. now, you know. Well, your performance in, in Respect was incredible. Thank you. I, yeah. Thank I you. enjoyed Thank it. You. Like, your facial expression, <laughs> everything. You just sold it. So I was captivated wow. from Thank beginning you. to the end. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the way Liesl chose to direct mm-hmm. and the close shots all through the film, wow. there was no hiding behind other people or other it was your face okay and i was so drawn into aretha's story so much so that it was like i feel parts of her pain because i have experienced mm. some pain and some tragedy and life is just hard for all no matter how much how much or how little money you got everybody experiences yeah. pain so for you what can we find on screen that's jennifer and then what can we find in your life that's what we well, <laughs> we we parallel in a lot of ways in that way, you know. Um, and at, at times, I feel like I was telling her story through my pain, you know. Mm. And yeah, like it, that to me is the beauty of it is because I I don't act, I react, you know what I mean. Mm. And it's like thinking to certain circumstances and moments in her life, like the Dr. King um, memorial, for instance. I couldn't help but to think like. What was it like being in her position at a time like that? No, being a black woman in a time removed from it and knowing how affected I am by the loss of Dr. King. Imagine being Aretha Franklin, who was that close to me, and to the point you call him uncle, and then yeah. he represents what he represents to our culture yep. in an era like that, and he's murdered, and then she has to be the one to be the light still bearing all that pain in the middle of that how can you not feel for that wow yeah wow so how do you tap into your struggle your pain your your you um and telling somebody else's story trying to allow it to be real to me in that moment and in this it wasn't as hard to have to search for something to connect to but allowing even i don't know if you guys are actors but when you're portraying a character, it still puts you in that position. Mm-hmm. So allowing yourself to feel whatever you feel in that moment. So I like to live in the moment that I'm in. That's and awesome. it can cause you to feel whatever they may have felt oh, in in those moments. Mm-hmm. So I just allowed whatever I was feeling. Being Jennifer, being the actor, like, oh, this is uncomfortable. Oh, this is scary. Or this is painful. Or this is exciting. Whatever that was. Allow it. Wow. Now, I'm not going to try to jive you or Jesus. Um, <laughs> but, um, but, um, now you, now you were talking about, um, you know, being a black woman and, and, um, just how important that was. So this movie is a movie of repre- representation, right? Not just for the black community, but for women. Oh, it's a woman empowering movie. What um, what is your hope for the lasting impact that this movie might have in the industry with mm. with um, 
uh, black community or, 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 or ethnic groups or whatever? I think it's so much in, in the film. I think it's a matter of whatever, whoever needs what they may be looking for. I think it's things in there for women. I think it's things in there for children. Because it's a life. So we all can relate. You know, people who had hardships, tragedy, people who pursuing their dreams. Spiritually, like, not only was she a whole icon, a whole musician, but she was a whole human, too. You know what I mean? And so, it's something for everyone. Women and artists to inspire. It's a matter of the taking, what you're looking for. Yeah. So I feel like that's more up to the viewer to yeah. see what yeah. their takeaway is or what they can relate to. You yeah. know, the Absolutely. most. Yeah. yeah, I agree with that. I mean, Dinah and I are both Christians. And so as we watch the movie, seeing the power of, of, of the church, right, and, and how kind of like God keeps tugging at her heart and yeah. and it really inspires her to do this, this amazing Grace album, which I'm going to be ignorant. I didn't realize that was her best-selling yeah, album yes, until same, this movie. Yes, same. That is, that is some incredible yeah. stuff. I don't think most know that. No. Yeah. I felt so educated at the end with all of the facts of Aretha's life. Oh, I yeah. like, she is such a... Bo- of course, we know she's the queen of soul, oh. but she was a boss. Yes. In every way. But to me, that shows what you're passionate about and who you are is what resonates the most because that mm-hmm. album she felt to do. Mm-hmm. And that's her roots. That yeah. was her base, yeah. you know? Was it comfortable for you? Because the first time we see you as Aretha in the film, you're in a church. And the last time we see you as Aretha in the film, you're in a church. Oh, was that? <laughs> to oh. piggyback off of that, yeah. that that entrance when, when I, I, I don't know the, the young actress who killed it, by the way. Yeah. Sky. Scott, when, when the camera turns and then it's you, what an amazing entrance. We both looked at each other, we were like... <laughs> That was a great scene. I'm so sorry, Donnie. <laughs> yeah. You might have to repeat your question, but but uh, the beginning and ending at the church. At home, <laughs> it's home for me. Like to the point, I'm like, we can't script this. Just roll the camera and let's just have church. Yeah. Um, and it, I didn't feel like I was on the set. Like mm. I'm like, I can't really see this as a set or a scene. Yeah. Because church is church, and mm-hmm. it, it, at least for me, it can only it's only gonna be real. So we literally just kind of had church you had church on camera and, yeah uh-huh. on camera service all right and to the point where when they would call cut we would still be going right 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 and they're the, the, like the, the camera still people, they, yes and they're like what's going on i'm like we're in church right right <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> so it was very much that yeah. and it couldn't be scripted and i know that because i grew up in church yeah, so it's like it felt like home to me mm-hmm. yeah well wow. <laughs> That, that was, was so true. We love it. Thank you so much. Thank you that for was, your thank time. You, thank you. Yes. Thanks for joining us on this bonus episode of Mixed Take. If you enjoyed this episode, please give us five stars on Apple Podcasts and and leave us a review as well. We'd love to hear what you think. Also, head over to worldoutspoken.com, a site preparing the Mestizo Church for Cultural Change, where you'll you'll find information on consulting services, thought-provoking blog posts, and other great podcasts such as The Feature, Questions from the Pew, and the one and only Mestizo Podcast, the show for the mixed people of the mixed church. Special thanks to our producer, Michelle Perez.
Uh-oh. Also, thanks to Emmanuel Padilla and the World Ooh. Outspoken crew. We hope you join us again as we continue to dive into the world of culture-influencing content creators. Until next time. Cut. It's a wrap. <laughs>